You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. As well, you can hear these podcasts at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. There are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 98 by Rudolf Steiner, the listener's notes of 18 lectures, uh, entitled Nature and Spirit Beings, Their Activity in Our Visible World, translated by Christian von Arnhem. This is Lecture 6, given in Cologne, the second lecture there, on the 9th of June, 1908, entitled The Whitsun Festival of Joint Spiritual Striving and Working Toward Spiritualizing the World. In the last lecture, we considered some spiritual beings who are located below the human being, some of whom have faculties which can be compared with human faculties, but they lack the sense of responsibility. We have seen how they must be regarded as waste material of evolution who would be obstructive if left to themselves, but how they are used under a higher wisdom and how they are transformed from harmful beings into good ones. Today we will add to the multitude of these beings the consideration of some others in order to show how the interaction of human beings with these beings takes place. First of all, let us assume that every time night falls, the human being undergoes a change from the waking state to the sleeping state. We know that when the human being is in the daytime waking state, their four constitutional elements are connected with each other and interpenetrate one another. We will also remember that every night the astral body and the eye rise out of the physical and etheric body. Now, we have seen this human association, the fourfold human being, develop into two different beings during the night. The physical body and the etheric body remain in bed. The astral body and the eye, capital, remain outside. For today's human beings, completely different conditions apply at night than during the day. We can compare the state of consciousness of today's human being at night with the state of consciousness of plants. The plant has the state of consciousness of dreamless sleep. People are also afflicted with a kind of plant consciousness during sleep. The human being is also in a dreamless state of sleep in the spiritual worlds at night. Add to this thought that every element of the human being has its expression in the physical body. The physical body is, we might say, the result of the basic elements of the human being. The I, capital, has its expression in the blood. The astral body has its expression in the nervous system. The etheric body has its expression in the endocrine system. And the sensory system stands as an expression for the physical body. If we see in the physical body of the human being an expression of the way the various elements are revealed, we have to say that the blood circulation exists through the individual eye. No nervous system can exist without the astral body structuring and creating this nervous system. At night we draw the astral body and the eye out of the physical body, but not the nervous system and the blood. But blood and eye belong together, and the astral body and the nervous system belong together. 
The human being behaves in an extraordinarily callous manner in relation to their body at night. In order for human beings to have tools for the eye and for the astral body, the blood and the nervous system had to come into being. Now they leave the blood and the nervous system at night. It is impossible for a physical body with blood and a nervous system to exist even for a second without the astral body and the eye. The plant could exist without the latter because it has no nervous system and no blood system. We would find the physical body dead in the morning if we depended only on ourselves at night. We deprive it of the higher forces, the astral body and the eye, which have to supply the physical body. What we do not do, other beings must do at night. At night they penetrate the physical body and the etheric body. They lower themselves into the physical body and etheric body. Every night higher spiritual beings enter the physical body and etheric body of the human being and carry out the work that is undertaken by the eye and astral body during the day. These are high exalted beings who once created the physical body and etheric body of the human being and who take care of them again at night. The astral body with the eye is above in the higher world at night. The physical body and the etheric body remain below. At night they are abandoned by the astral body and the eye. To the same extent that they are abandoned by the astral body and the eye, the forces of higher beings move into them. The etheric body of the human being is not the same as the etheric body of plants. Higher forces from a higher world flow into the physical and etheric body of the human being at night. The following can happen. During daytime consciousness, the human being continually acts on the physical body and the etheric body. When the human being thinks and feels, this takes place in the astral body, but it passes over into the etheric body and the physical body. It comes to expression therein. In former times, the physical body and the etheric body emerged purely from the will of the higher beings. But, once the human being becomes aware of their I, the influences of these higher beings leave the physical body and the etheric body. That which lives in the soul is not without effect on the physical body and etheric body. The anatomist cannot, of course, determine what changes are taking place in the human physical body and etheric body, but they are taking place. A big effect takes place in the physical body and etheric body when a person dies. Lying and hypocrisy are processes in the soul and in the eye. From a materialistic point of view, we can believe that lies only take place within. But the occult observer knows that changes take place down as far as the physical body, as far as the structure. Such changes also take place through the numerous conventional lies that live in the world. Let us look at material reality. We know how our lives are peppered with all kinds of untruths. When people say something to each other they, that they don't mean, it's like the imprint of a seal in sealing wax. This imprint remains. All hypocrisy, untruthfulness, slander, 
remains like an imprint in the physical body. When a person leaves their physical body and etheric body at night, such imprints can be seen. Now, the beings from the higher worlds come and find them there. This is not compatible with the higher worlds. Thus, something new enters, something entirely new is created. Now, the higher beings pinch off entities through the physical body, which then lead an independent existence between our worlds. In occult science, they are called phantoms. They are called phantoms because they are closest to physical perception. They are, furthermore, beings with physical laws. They buzz through our space. They stop human development. They make what lives in the world worse than if they were not there. These phantoms are beings that people create through lies, hypocrisy, and so on, which hold back development. Learning about the effects of spiritual beings is of much greater help than moral preaching. A future humanity will know what it is creating through lies, hypocrisy, and slander. By getting to know facts, we create the most effective morality, not through moral principles. The strongest incentives and impulses for morality are created through the spiritual scientific foundation of existence. Phantoms are also a kind of natural being that is here, created by the activity of human beings. In the evening the human being leaves the physical body and leaves behind in it the imprint of lies, hypocrisy, and so on. When the human being enters again in the morning, these phantoms first stream out of the physical body. The etheric body can also be influenced in such a way that it produces pinched-off beings. Again, there are certain processes in the human world which cause such constrictions to arise through the etheric body. All things, such as unjust bad laws, which inflict punishment in an incorrect way, bad institutions in a social community, have an effect on the etheric body, so that in the etheric body those beings are pinched off, which are just laughed at today in these deluded times. These beings are specters, ghosts. True ghosts are those to whose class or order such beings belong. People should endeavor to make their institutions as good as possible so that they do not create such beings. Now, let us look at the eye and the astral body during the night. Let us remember that the astral body and the eye are also in a special position in the human being. They have adapted themselves to the life of the blood and nerves. Higher forces from a higher world also flow down to the astral body and the eye during the night. When the human being takes certain things with him from their daytime life, a process of constriction takes place once again. Again, it is things of the soul life that bring about the process of constriction. Let us think of two people having two opinions that are different. One tries to persuade the other and has the desire to convince them. This desire is very common among people today. People should present their opinion to the other and wait to see if forces will stir in the other, which cause them to accept the opinion. 
There are so many who are fanatical about their opinion and who are not at all satisfied if they are not able to force the other person to accept their opinion. When this happens, it harms both astral bodies. They take persuasion and false advice with them. What is sunk into the astral bodies causes beings to be pinched off from the astral body in the night, who are called demons. These demonic beings have a particularly adverse influence on our human development. They buzz through the spiritual space and prevent people from developing their personal views. Think how much is sinned in this respect in many a coffee bar, at the pub. Forces are constantly taken away from there which form demons. These creep into the human soul. Consider what occurs at this or that trial, how people testify. They have their beliefs, and in fact they do not take a false oath because they have their beliefs. An event was once arranged that took place as planned. Thirty people were supposed to describe it. Two described the event correctly, but all the other twenty-eight wrote things about it that had not happened. Thus all kinds of influences come from demonic beings who are formed in this way. There is no alternative for human beings other than to understand these facts, to know what they are doing in order to free themselves from the influences of these harmful spiritual beings. Wherever there is an opportunity for these beings to exercise their devastating influence, that is where they are. In the courtroom, the occult observer can see this. These beings always work in respect of the way in which they were created. Such entities who came into being through bad laws work in turn in such a way that they lead human beings to make bad laws. People should look into the spiritual world so that they become practical and not continually create obstacles. If we let our gaze wander over what has just occupied us, we must tell ourselves that the human being, during their waking daily life, gives rise to all kinds of spiritual beings, elemental beings. We must ask what significance these beings have in the future development of humanity. We look back to earlier times, when our ancestors lived in the Atlantean world. If we were to go back far enough in the old Atlantean development, then we would gradually come to find human beings in a quite different form. Let us think back to about the middle of the Atlantean period. We must imagine human beings then in such a way that the part of the etheric body which is in our heads today at that time protruded far above the physical head, just as it is still perceptible to the clairvoyant in the horse. It is particularly noticeable in the elephant. It has a large protuberance in front of the present physical head and above it. This was the case with the human being in ancient Atlantis. The progress and development consisted in these parts moving closer together, so that today the etheric head and the physical head of the human being almost coincide. The human being used to have a dreamlike clairvoyance. When the human being dipped down into the physical body during the day, they did not see fixed boundaries but they saw the objects surrounded by an aura. At night, they did not see these boundaries at all, but only the spiritual aspect of things. In the post-Atlantean period, we have so far to distinguish 
five cultural epochs. In ancient India, in the first post-Atlantean period, human beings were such that the connection of the etheric head with the physical head was a very slight one. The connection between the etheric head and the physical head became stronger and stronger. It has become strongest in our time, the fifth post-Atlantean culture, where human beings have descended into the physical material world, where human beings have penetrated deepest into matter. In these many incarnations, during the various epochs, human beings have learned many things up to the day of their present incarnation. Everything that happens in the world happens in a descending and an ascending line. As true as it is that the etheric head has become more and more connected with the physical head, it is equally true that a loosening gradually occurs. We have already arrived at the time when the etheric head begins to loosen again. We must distinguish here between evolution of the race and of the soul. There will be souls in the future who did not do enough while the etheric head was united with the physical head. Today, as a result of the etheric head becoming united with the physical head, many are resisting the acceptance of spiritual truths. Those who accept spiritual truths now will, when they return later, have absorbed enough in this incarnation to find the connection. Those, however, who neglect now what must happen, will find no bodies in the future that suit them. For the evolution of the race will create normal bodies which will fit the souls who have not missed anything. Others will be such that the loosened etheric body cannot absorb anything. These people will be a special type of human being who will fall out of the progressive evolution of humanity. It takes something to find one's way into a future body. Think of a soul that will live in a body that has a loosened etheric body. That soul would no longer understand if you talked to it about demons and so on. Today is the time when we can speak about these things. Once the etheric body is loosened again, one cannot. Now the etheric body is called upon to have different perceptions. The etheric body will later live in the spiritual world. This is populated with demons and so on. Then this world of spiritual beings will be all around human beings. And if they are not prepared for it now through the teachings about it, then they will not know how to deal with these beings later on. But those who take the knowledge about these beings with them from this incarnation will know how to behave toward them. These knowledgeable people are called upon to transform these beings to serve a progressive development in the future. Thus we see how human beings can miss their task in the further development of humanity and the other beings. All these demons, ghosts and phantoms, today they are harmful. But in the future we will transform them to serve the progress of humanity. But human beings must prepare themselves for this. Soul and race development do not run side by side. In the future people will divide into good and evil. As one part evolves in the right way to transform the demons, ghosts and phantoms in the future, they will push down another part. These will be the evil ones. 
what the human spirit creates has a real meaning. That is how it has always been in the development of humanity. Let me give another example as to how human beings are involved in creating the world today. Look at the fourth cultural period at the Greek temple. The idea of the temple first arose from the human soul. The idea of the temple rests on what we call the pillar and on what the pillar supports. Never again in humanity has it been possible to place ourselves in supported space as it was then. Let us compare a Greek temple with a modern building. If the column becomes decorative, it is no longer the true column it is when it stands freely and is a real support. The human being must feel that the column must consist of the right material. If we paint an iron column that is thin and carries the same as a thicker stone column, it is lying to us. A Greek temple is a Greek spatial idea. People would understand that if they could imagine forces going from top to bottom, from right to left, we can imagine a painting of three angels floating in the air so that we know they are supporting each other. We find this sense of space in the old painters. We no longer find it today, not even in Brooklyn. On his Pieta, there is an angel who gives us the feeling that it is about to fall down. This is something that can be missing even in the greatest genius if the spiritual culture is missing, the sense of space. Every time the human being creates a real spatial idea, this gives beings the opportunity to fill this space. We then banish higher beings down into the space. We call down quite different beings with the Greek column and the entablature resting horizontally on it, quite different beings again with the Gothic cathedral and its pointed arches. The Gothic cathedral differs spiritually from the Greek temple in the following way. The human being has secreted the idea of space in such a way that the temple is a crystallized idea of space. Because the temple is as it is, it is the dwelling place of a higher being, of a god, even if it is abandoned by people. But people belong to the Gothic cathedral. It must be complemented by the devotion of the people and the folded hands they raise. The Greek temple is a dwelling place of the God. The Gothic cathedral is a place of worship and a dwelling place of God when people are present. The Greek temple, even when it is deserted, is the dwelling of a spiritual being. Thus we see that by being in harmony with the spiritual world, human beings cooperate with the spiritual world. Thus we can see in the Spirit how, through their deeds, human beings can work more and more to guide down higher beings. Again, the idea of Whitsun comes before our soul. The idea of Whitsun expresses in a symbol what we can understand through such considerations. That through their work human beings create places for the descent of spiritual beings. That they work on the spiritualization of the world. We must understand spiritual scientific ideas in such a way that they penetrate into all the individual branches of life. In our materialistic times, the outer life is an expression of the inner 
only to a limited extent. Formerly, every door lock, every key, was the expression of something spiritual. Now everything is so meaningless in comparison. Human beings will learn to be creative again in such a way that the outer is an image of the inner. Then a railway station will also be built as an idea, just as the Greek temple and the Gothic cathedral were built. Our time, too, has an architectural style that corresponds to our time. This is the department store. It is the imprint of the idea of utility, the imprint of human egoism. The time of utility has produced the department store as its only original style. In the past, people built what they felt in their soul into the architectural style. The department store is the expression of 19th century sensibilities. But now there already exists a spiritual movement that is preparing for the introduction of the spirit in a later time. People who understand the anthroposophical movement in this way are putting the idea of Whitsun into practice. In the future, we will see the anthroposophical ideas crystallized in the things that will cover the earth. The end of Lecture 6 and the end of Part 1 of the book.